my goodness, my friends, my leash casters, how are you? I love saying that because it's like I wish I could hear you just all sigh at the reality in which Fotis Dulos is dead and may he rest in hell. I, I it takes a lot for me to be like, you know, I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he that he pussied out as as fast as he did. Um personally with the fact of now knowing that he had so many signers on his um on his collateral loan and all of this shit which we'll get into. I really thought that he would be able to have a level of toughness. I mean, he put up quite the front, didn't he? I mean, really. He really was jogging and living life and pretending to be someone that he really wasn't. And it just makes me really believe in my conviction that I've always believed that he was a narcissist. A and, and now I'm starting to believe covert because he was just mirroring what he thought he was supposed to be doing after such a crime. These are my um, my thoughts, my theories, my opinions. So everything that I say, <laughs> and I know my avid listeners will know what I'm about to say, and I should just call it the alleged leash cast because everything is alleged. Um, but it's it's the truth. I mean, he from day one was trying to he it, it, not trying in his mind he was he was all set he was moved on he was checked out he was ready to move along with michelle traconis or ann curry or the other one or some other chick or i'm sure there's like 50 other ones in line that anna doesn't even know about so and, and like i said i'm just touching the surface of all of this guys it's a Friday night. It's late. I'm exhausted. Um, long day for me. I'm sure it was a long week for all of you. I don't know why I said a long day. It's been a long week for me. I'm sure a long week for all of you. And if you're listening on Monday, guess what? We're doing it all over again. So I hope that this podcast allows you some relaxation and some uh, excitement to your week and if not excitement to your weekend. So with that said, here we go. Now, I just got this amazing picture of the the actual, I was about to say alleged, <laughs> but fuck that, screw that. The actual uh, letter handwritten um, by Fotis. And um, I wanted to shout out Emma, who has been amazing and is, is an avid participant in LeashCast and a huge supporter. So thank you so much, Em. Um, and she sent me this and I was in the middle of five billion things like I, I usually am, especially when it's podcast day and I'm, you know, revving up and ready to go. And I read through it quickly. And the first thing that stood out was I was really surprised with how he worded the whole thing. I mean, from start to finish, it, it, it was such an act to me. It was almost like he went to Google and said, how do I write a, uh, a suicide note that makes me look wonderful without technically saying that I had 
involvement in it. Now, a lot of people will read it quickly, um, which this is no fault at all to them. It's just that people are busy and, and they don't look at things like I do. I am neurotic about wording and everything. Uh, and I read it and I went word for word and it's something that I was I was taught by my father young to read things out loud and I'm like reading it out loud Chubbs is looking at me like I'm a complete psychopath per usual and um, I'm reading it out loud I read it again and again and again and I was like what stands out to me and the first thing well there's so many things so the first thing was all like first of all it's like you can't even address it to your kids you can't even address it and make it loving to your kids i mean this just is like dude think about first of all think about all the people that fought for you so you're not even putting ann or anna or i don't even know what she goes by anymore you're not even addressing it to her you're not addressing it to jen you're not addressing it to your kids you're not addressing it to the people aka the farber family who gave you so much money you're not addressing it to your lawyer who i mean just his ponytail alone the hours in which he had to tease it and how many elastics that he had to go through to actually maintain the main in which <laughs> i'll just stop there you guys know where i'm going with this i mean come on come on photos all that's the first the first word you think of is all how about all of the people that fought for you you should fucking name them you're that lazy and this is another characteristic of a narcissist that it's all about them so when i saw all it's like you know what i'm not gonna put enough time into this i'm just gonna write all you know, to me, it pissed me off. And you know what? Anyone that wants to write me hate or anything, I first of all, I don't give a shit. I think it's funny. I welcome it. But I have to preface this with that, okay? I don't give a shit because this guy completely and utterly killed his wife. And he knows it. And I'm going to continue to explain why I believe that he did. And this is just another huge indication of the fact that he was involved in her murder. Okay? Now, so it starts off with all. <laughs> I hate to say this, but I have known people that have passed away from suicide. And more than I would like to know. And some have left notes some have not um and i also know people that are still alive that have actually written them saved it and look at it as a means of strength to keep going because they view their desperation as as, as something as motivation so this is something that i know quite a bit about and the wording is so important. And yes, everybody can say that it's everybody's different. And yes, he's just a cold MFR, and he was from day one. But I kind of 
kind of, I don't want to say I take it back that he's cold. It's just that he's very good at mirroring. And this was the first time that I think that he showed a lot of himself in a very short, short note, by the way. This was not long. A lot of people think it's long. It was not long. When you start off with all, it's very basic, generic, and businesslike. So moving along with that all, very, very dull, not heartfelt, not even naming his kids or Jen. It's like, ah, oh, it, it blows my mind how this guy, <sighs> I just, he's unreal. I mean, it, it, and then it goes into, you know, blah, 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 couldn't spend another hour in jail. First of all, you just got a taste of what it's like, buddy. You got a taste. And if you couldn't even handle Bridgeport, I know people that spent actual years, years. Okay, we're talking 12 to 18 months. All right. Yes, it screws you up if you if you don't take the proper counseling and, and, and whatnot. But... It's also not that bad from what I hear. So this whole cry out for, I couldn't spend another hour, but I love my kids. And I know I'm jumping around for those that have read it. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. It, it's just complete, utter, poor me, classic, I hate to say it, prison letter type bullshit where it's, Poor me, look at me, what I have to deal with. I can't spend another hour. It's usually another minute is what they say in here. Um, but an hour is a very long time, and, and especially in jail, <laughs> okay? I mean, I, me personally, I can't imagine spending a minute, a minute in there. But he goes along to say another hour, that's a long time of smelling guys' stinky farts, guys' smelly orifices. I'll just leave it at that. You know, it's like, dude, the wording on this just blows my mind. So then he has to also get into, and this is important for people that don't look at things the way that I do. He mentions all of his accolades in life. Like he's, he's reciting his resume. And this goes along the lines of what I've said in my last podcast is that he saw the end was coming, that his Brown University, his Columbia University, his business degrees were not going to cut it anymore. His, his facade, his persona that he created through having Jen, all of this hard work of creating this man through piggybacking on wealthy women was not buying him out of a murder charge. And he saw it. And how he saw that and how we know that he saw that was through this note. And the specific moment in which I realized that was when he dictates in there that my lawyer can explain away the Hartford issue with the bags okay if it was me 
and if it was and i was in fotis's shoes i would never say it that way are you kidding me that is literally saying my lawyer can explain aka create a story and and bullshit his way out of why i was throwing out her blood her clothes all of her belongings bloody sponges everything that you would need to kill an individual aka jennifer my wife that i hated that i was in contention with that i was arguing with and threatened for many years her life the kids kidnapping all of the shit my lawyer can explain away it's literally what he's saying it's just a a a very nice way of wording my lawyer would be able to explain the reason why i was in hartford with all of these things however he then says and that's the thing before i get into the next part he doesn't say that he has a specific reason and this is the reason why he was in hartford for his children to know that is so crucial to me and if i was his children growing up and if you guys are listening please stop listening i'm sure that gloria has you guys not listening to me right now but i hope one day that you do i'm sure you will if it's still around i hope you do because i will always give it to you straight and i truly mean that but right now is not the time so if you are especially the ones that are a little bit older turn it off please I can't believe I'm like waiting. It's like at mass when they're like, they say something and they do the chimes and I'm waiting. I truly mean it. Turn it off. Um, For everybody else, this moment is so impactful to me in this letter. I mean, there's just the whole thing to me is a confession. Everybody else, you know, in the news, this is why I don't want to say I hate the news, but I'm not a news person. I, I was on that path to become that studied communications but i couldn't deal with how how strict they were and how things had to be worded i'm a free thinker free speaker i don't like it so when i read this i'm like wow yeah technically he didn't confess to anything but if you studied psychology anybody will know that everything that he's saying in here is so perfectly worded and strategic i mean it's just unbelievable so with that said hopefully the kids aren't listening let's move forward so we're at the point where he is discussing my lawyer can explain blah 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 about the hartford situation that he was in he does not say fotis does not say i had a I had a reason to be in Hartford. I had a reason to have those things in my hand or scratch that. I never had them in my hand. He doesn't say that. He puts it on norm. He's still placing blame, guilt, reasoning, doubt, all of that on another person, even in death. And within the first sentence, not to go back, but I have to do this in the first sentence, he's like, you know, I had nothing and and nothing to do with Jennifer's disappearance. Doesn't mean you didn't plan it. Doesn't mean that you weren't the person that orchestrated it. 
doesn't mean that you don't know what happened to her in the end. I mean, the way he worded this is so strategic. Um, I, I, it, I'm looking at it again because I want to make sure that I get it right. I had nothing to do with... Oh, it. I'm actually... I'm going in more depth. If you're reading this, I am no more. I refuse to spend even an hour more in jail for something I had nothing to do with. Enough is enough. If it takes my head to end this, so be it. So I want to stop there. Oh, and, and, and I'm sorry that I'm reading it like this, but I, I think it's important to because it, it, it's the way that it has to be. I don't want to screw up the way that he's choosing his words. It's so, so important. The nothing is all caps and I had nothing to do with. Right. And again, doesn't mean you did it, but I don't believe that at all. But the way it's worded is in his mind, these narcissists, these covert narcissists, which are all the same, it's just a spectrum. It's either you're more outgoing or you're more, you know, not so social and more passive aggressive. And this type of letter is very, 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 very passive aggressive to me. Um, and to say I had nothing to do with as the first line, it's always about him. It's always about him. Look out how it's addressed all very basic, but then it's, I had nothing to do with. And if it has to, if I have to give up my own head, then so be it. Like, like he is this this honorable man to give up his life, then so be it. It's all an act. It's all a, an ending in which he wanted it to be the poor me, the victim, like they all want to be. And to have that level of control to end the narrative. Because as much as we talk about it, we all will. There will be no other narrative left other than his pen to paper, which I'm looking at right now, which all of you can all Google and look at. And that to so many people that are normal in the head, all of us, most of us, which we're all a little kooky, um, um, but we're not all killers. But most of us would fight if we were innocent, all right? most of us but if you're a narcissist you're like hey if i write this till the end of time whatever i write in this whether it's five pages ten pages if i write it all this is the last control that i have on the situation and yes i mean if you're really innocent i believe truthfully that I would have explained everything in it. I would I would make law enforcement look ridiculous and especially if you're planning to kill yourself it, and this is so definite. I would be giving details and nothing in this fucking letter does he detail anything. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm going to get into why he brings up Michelle and Kent 
Mawini. And why I believe that he brings them up. And again, there's always an ulterior motive with, with these types of people. It's never, you know, an actual explanation. It's, he just is touching upon things to, to end the story on his terms so that nobody can say another word because then they can say, you know what? He left a note. Norm can say he left a note. He proclaimed his, his innocence and in, in, I like to say in his way and his shape and his form and his manipulation. That's the way I view it. And that was the first thing I thought of when, when M sent it to me. Thanks again, M. Um, and I was, I'm, I'm, I'm just very, very visual and I'm looking at the words and I'm just like, this guy is, is a joke. So let's move on. So I had nothing to do with enough is enough. If it takes my head to end this, so be it. I want it to be known that Michelle Traconis had nothing to do with Jennifer's disappearance. Again, another nothing. I mean, he went to Brown, he went to Columbia. I would think that he would be able to uh, mix up the words a little bit. That's just a little side dig from me, but that's honestly my opinion. So Michelle Traconis had nothing to do with Jennifer's disappearance, period. And neither did Kent Mawinney. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. Why is he putting that in there? Why? Why? I mean, these people turn their back on you. If they, if they had nothing to do with any of this, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't be lying for you, which both of them have been caught doing. That's fact. That is a fact. Michelle is known for lying three to four different times and still not giving his whereabouts at a specific time of when he arrived at 80 Spring or arrived back. So, like, it's just bullshit. Right there, I was like, this is complete, utter crap. And it's like, did he even write this at this point? Honest to God. So, Michelle Chaconis had nothing to do with it, with Jennifer's uh, disappearance, and neither did Kent Mawinney. I asked the state to let... I mean, this is almost like... I mean, my opinion, again, like a lawyer's writing this, I asked the state to let them free of any such allegations. <laughs> I also asked the state to stop harassing my friend, blah, 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 Andrea, T, whatever, and then, of course, Anna. They are honorable people. No, they're extremely wealthy people. Those are the people that you are, <laughs> even in death, trying to, you know, say so that they feel a little bit better, these two individuals. You're basically trying to say, yeah, I took your money and I, I threw in there, it's up to the state to give your money back or not. That's how I view that. And that's honestly how it works. Now, I want to go, go back a little bit. Um, I asked the state to let them free. Now, I don't know if many of you remember this or not, but Fotis had a few interviews. He was not camera shy. He had a few interviews and never did he ever 
say anything about saying, excuse me, before I say anything, I just want to say Michelle Traconis had nothing to do with this. Kent Mawinney had nothing to do with this. I just want to say none of my friends had anything to do with this. Neither did I. Which is something that Norm has said that he's innocent. I don't understand why he, he couldn't have said nobody that is, is accused is guilty here. If he felt so strongly where he wanted to take his own freaking life, why did he not say it then? So that's another portion of this where I'm like, bullshit, and I'm still reading it. All right, so he's asking, you know, for, for the state to free everybody and for the state to leave everybody alone. By the way, side note, the state's going to leave people alone, okay, when you're dead. Like, they're not going to really give a shit about your friends that paid your bond because guess what? They got your money and, like, it's it's a legality thing at this point. Like, it, it, this just stinks to me. Like, the more and more I'm reading it now, the more and more I'm thinking, like, it, it, he was assisted in this. I, I'm not even trying to, to create drama. I'm, I'm just, I'm not at all. It just seems way too business-like. It re really, honest to God. God, they are honorable people. Clearly, they are because they paid what, like, almost five hundred thousand or more. Please let my children know that I love them. I mean, no comment. I don't want to even mention anything regarding the kids. They know who truly, truly love them, and loves them now. I would do anything to be with them. But, unfortunately, they all, or excuse me, unfortunately, we all have our limits. Facts, we do. The state will not rest until I rot in jail. We don't know that. I, no one knows that yet. And by the way, the penmanship on this is really, really feminine. And, you know, no hate, but it just, it's very feminine to me. The state will not rest until I rot in jail. Well, back to that interview. Fotis stated in an interview that he was well aware that the spouse of either party, whether it's the male or female, is the number one suspect. Okay, it's, what was it, 95% that it's the spouse? So... Why is he writing this like he's shocked that the state is going after him? And by the way, sorry for the interruption, guys. Uh, a good friend of mine called, and I am a strong believer in um, if a call or a text comes through, I always want to be available. It's very, very important, especially it goes along the lines of what... Um, we're talking about, you know, you never know when somebody may need you in a, uh, emergency type of situation. And I'll leave it at that. Um, uh, for now, more to come in the future, definitely regarding that. So with that said, let me, you would think that I would get a, a sip of water before I start talking again, <laughs> but I need another drink of water. For all the ASMR fans. All right, guys. So as I get into dissecting this further, 
I was really getting heated with the point that uh, allegedly Fotis made about the state will not rest until I rot in jail. Now, this is this is a huge part of this letter that really, really stood out to me. My attorney can explain what happened with the bags on Albany Avenue. That's it. Everything else is a story fabricated by the law enforcement. And then it goes into, I want to thank all my friends, family and friends, excuse me, that stood by me during this difficult time. Above all, Anne Curry, I am sorry for letting you down and not continuing the fight. That is simply, the the last line is simply, I'm basically what he's saying is, I'm sorry I wasted all your goddamn money and led you on and made you think while we were screwing that something was going to happen here and I made you think that I had all this money and I was going to pay you back and I actually do not have any of that money and that's probably what happened the week of or day of which made him want to kill himself and that's my honest opinion honest to god now we're going to get into that but before we get into exactly the day of him killing himself which I have a lot of theories which I just kind of rambled off about on why this all came about because he was Mr. Cocky and confident and all of a sudden now he's writing this sappy letter and he's, you know, freaking keeled over in his freaking SUV that probably was owned by Jen, nonetheless. Um, All of this is just so vague and so poor me. The state will not rest until I rot in jail. Well, the state won't rest until they get justice. Okay. Yes. I I can I can look at both sides of this and say that in some cases you will have charges thrown at you, a bunch of them. But in this type of case and in the warrant that I read, I mean, again, the police law enforcement did it a spectacular job of of putting the pieces together here. And what this person is writing is just a, I'm caught, I'm screwed, and I don't know how to get out of jail free card my way out of this. And Anne's money can't do it, and whatever the hell Andreas's money can't do it, or I'm sorry if I'm screwing up your name, but I'm not, because you kind of just helped facilitate the life of someone that killed another person, in my opinion, allegedly. But, (coughs) excuse me. So, I mean, this letter is just so him. It's so laissez-faire, like blah, 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 poor me. I'm going to kill myself because I'm not getting my way. I mean, it's just so not personal to his children, not even to Jen. Like, not even a, I don't know where Jen is. I truly don't. Jen I don't know what happened between us. I'm sorry if I screwed up as a husband. Like, he didn't even get into that because guess what? Because he's not that guy. He doesn't give a shit. And I'm sorry that... I'm not sorry. This is the facts. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. And if you're listening to this and it hurts your feelings, then good. That means you have feelings. Because there's people out there like this that are hurting other people and they're getting through the system. But this one, he just couldn't, it got too hot in the kitchen. He couldn't take it. His money, 
For the first time in his life, all the women he used, all the people he used, he even used Jen's dad, all the money was drying up and he couldn't use anybody. So you get to see a person during their hard times. That's, oh my gosh, can I talk about that? I've had it great, I've had it bad, I've had to rebuild. You learn so much about yourself, about people during the hard times. And I'm not saying for a second that what he was going through was easy. But I believe that he brought it upon himself. And I do believe where there's smoke, there's fire. I do. And I watched in the beginning of all of this a little bit in the distance. I didn't even start my podcast. I didn't even start any of this until I watched it for a while. Until I kind of you know, viewed things from a perspective of, I don't know what's going on. This is just news and news to me changes like a fart in the wind. It's like, you know, one second they're saying, for instance, with this, it was like, first he was dead. Now he's alive. Now he's not dead. Now he's, you know, and uh, he was ordained a saint. Now he's a priest. I I mean, it changes. So it's like, you can't really, you have to kind of just take a step back, listen, watch, see how things are, you know, unfolding. And that's kind of how I viewed all of this. And then I started my podcast through this whole, this whole story. So it's very special to me in that, in that way. And I, I thank Jennifer and her spirit for that because I felt a connection to her and I'm not going to get all sappy on you guys, but I did. I felt a very strong connection. I know why now, um, I can't really discuss it, but the people that are close to me know. Um, and I feel like it's very important for me to, to talk about the warning signs of these types of people and, and discuss this so that people that are in these types of situations that aren't so bad yet understand that, you know what, if you're questioning stuff that people are doing, if, if something doesn't feel right, if something is uncomfortable, you need to protect yourself. You need to start doing things that will allow yourself to have a legacy, so to speak. So if something happened to you, God forbid, people know who to look for. People know exactly who to find, no matter what they try. And I think that was the biggest mistake for Jen. Um, and I think that, that, you know, that she was doing things the right way, but she also wasn't taking things. And this is, please, I mean, I am not shaming her in any way. I'm just saying that, um, I wish for her sake that she was able to, and I, I, I'm treading lightly with this because it's like, there's only so much you could do in certain situations, but I I wish that there was more witnesses to what transpired and there's, there's a lot of ways to create witnesses and I'll leave it there. Um, so, and you know what, and maybe in hindsight with all of this, let this be uh, the biggest lesson that can be learned. I mean, and I, and I'm not done with this letter yet. So don't, don't think I'm ending this (laughs) by any means. Let it be a lesson that no matter how much money you have, no matter how much 
how much the house that you're renting costs and how the seller or the 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 realtor is saying it is so you know innovative and tech wise it's up to date and learn yourself take the time to learn about the home the area and if there's one thing that my father always always instilled in me was about security do do not ever depend on anybody for your security and I don't mean financial, I mean I mean like actual security. You know, always have eyes in the back of your head. He used to always say that to me. And especially with someone that shows that they are unstable, if they are made privy to the fact that you do have eyes in the back of your head, so to speak, get new eyes, get different types of eyes keep them on their toes you know I mean you have to be smart you know a lot of people believe that you move to a nice town a wealthy town nonetheless and you're fine and that's actually like the biggest misconception I mean I hate to say it everybody's like packing their bags right now to New Canaan they're like we're getting the fuck out of here no New Canaan's absolutely gorgeous I mean wasn't it Pleasantville that was um the movie was was made there i mean i i like i said past podcasts i played lacrosse there it's literally unbelievably gorgeous beautiful to the point where it's like i i was chewing gum during my lacrosse game i'll never forget it and i was like i really want to spit it out but the grass is like so effing perfect that i'll probably go to jail for this like it was that i i'll never forget thinking that so gorgeous but those are the places where people often forget and they put caution to the wind and they go you know what they have this false sense of safety where they put their guard down and you can't no matter where you are you have to be aware and in loving memory of my dad this is a direct quote leash always be aware I would be leaving the house And he'd say, be aware. And there's no way that we could be aware of everything going on. But we have to do our best to, especially if there there are people that are making us uncomfortable. Screw that. It shouldn't get to that. I don't agree. Everybody should have cameras now. I mean, you should have cameras. You should have uh, something. I almost said something that I probably shouldn't say in here, but whatever. You should have something that allows you to protect yourself. And I believe in having multiple, multiple avenues in which you can protect yourself. And I'm not talking about having your keys a certain direction. I mean, yes, if that's all you got, then freaking fight for your life. But this, this, this needs to be made an example for women, for men, for everybody that no matter where you live, how, how much money you have, how safe you feel, you're never safe. You're never 100% safe. And you have to protect yourself. And I'm not trying to scare people. I really am not. But there's a level of healthy fear that will save your fucking life. And that's the truth. And nothing upsets me more than reading this stupid letter from this fucking murderer than knowing that 
he is dictating the end to this. And Jen has no voice. And I'm sorry to say it, that she just doesn't have a voice. And he took the voice, allegedly. All right? And, or someone did that he was involved with. Because this letter is not a I'm not guilty. This letter is a I had nothing to do with it, per se. That's like, that's literally like saying, I personally did not chop her up and put her in bags, but, you know, you know, yeah, my lawyer can explain why I had the bags, but I had nothing to do with her disappearance. That's literally, that's, I know narcissists that actually talk like that to this day, that speak that same language of maneuvering their words so that they are not guilty. But it also when you look at it a second time, go, wait a minute. Wait a second here. I had nothing to do with her disappearance. You're not saying you had nothing to do with killing her. And I know a lot of you will say, Leash, maybe you're looking at it too deep. Well, guess what? You shouldn't be listening to my freaking podcast because I look at things that way because a lot of people don't. And I have a lot of knowledge with this stuff. It's these people speak a certain way. And boy, did he deliver. He didn't disappoint me here. I actually thought it was going to be way more uh, sappy and uh, fake. But it, it actually really showed me that and confirmed within me and in my opinion that he did. <coughs> excuse me that he did uh, kill Jennifer. I need another drink. Hold on. It's, it's getting dry in here. I have an air purifier going, so I don't cough because I have terrible allergies, guys. So, I know I got off on a little bit of a tangent with securities, but I, I truly believe that things happen in this life for us to really... It's like an earthquake. You know, there's actual earthquakes that happen that shake the earth but then there's also moments in time and I, I I view severe crime that way that and I was raised this way that these impactful moments or they they literally call them moments of impact in your life that make you stop gasp hold your breath and go what the f just happened what the hell wait a, a mother was is disappeared of five children like these things happen for society for the future for our children to stop and go wait a second how can we stop this from occurring again and look look the 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 husband of the disappeared woman committed suicide look at the catastrophic demise of a family that this became. I mean, it, I mean, aside from the fact that the kids are going to be fine, Gloria Farber is going to make sure that they live a wonderful life and they will be taken care of, but they don't have a mother and father anymore because of greed. And that is my opinion. And I'm fucking sticking to it guys because of greed and because of us needing to learn to be extremely safe and 
to follow our gut feeling and if something doesn't feel right to go with it and not to give people chances that don't deserve it if they show themselves once twice a third time they're always going to show themselves to be that way and your life is so much more valuable than risking it for somebody that looks at you like a meal ticket and um, that's what I, t I, I took from this I, I saw it from the beginning <clears throat> and I'm not just saying that um, and things started to seep out about his past and how he just he had a type a lot of you will think that I mean just you know um, visually yes he had a type visually but he had a type of woman that he went after financially status wise they were socialites or they had an extreme amount of wealth or they could be a ladder to where he wanted to go and if you're just tuning in I mean Fotis Dulos he wanted someone that was going to catapult his life in a huge way financially socially in society and to create the illusion of wealth and prosper he wanted it all and he was willing to do whatever it took to get it. And if he couldn't get it, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, to laugh, he was willing to, as he put it, and I want to do a direct quote, if it takes my head, so be it. That's his mentality. That's a direct quote from him in a suicide note then so be it. <clears throat> that means that he is all or nothing. Okay. That means he is the type of individual that if he's not getting his way and this perfectly aligns with Jen's blog, which I hope people can get eventually. And I think I'm going to do a podcast on, on that because I read it front to back 20 times. I, I think I said last summer and everything in there is just like oh my goodness like it it, it just it explains him and when I read that that's where I got most of the meat of my opinion on all of this was that because I think I've said this a hundred times if she's writing this in a blog that would be like me speaking about personal experiences in a podcast if I'm saying some stuff in a podcast you bet your ass it's like five times worse behind closed doors so and, and Jen nonetheless was saying things that were very very intense and negative about about Fotis and 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 beautifully written so and even with a sense of respect and love and honor towards her husband even then so I'm like in my mind and I've dealt with something similar it's like I, I completely understand what she's what she's doing I understand how she is explaining the situation she's doing it in a way where you know actually I, I don't I'm, I'm not her I don't exactly know but I can just say that I can relate to it I understand where she was going with it and can potentially uh, understand why she worded things the way that she did um, and it, it was beautifully done 
and sadly uh, she she actually I, I don't know the direct quote but she said something about how she she said that he was the builder and um, she wanted she wanted her own bathroom but they got in a big argument over it and she said it wasn't it wasn't worth the argument the argument it, it wasn't worth it and to me I took that as like he was he was all or nothing you know just like he said here if it takes my head so be it like he would not stop until he got his way and Jen the way that she beautifully said that was it you know a bathroom wasn't worth it you know she just she didn't have the fight in her anymore and some of us are just more passive some of us are more submissive some of us are more just dominant personalities and Fotis was a dominant personality however that was to me and by his actions now all a facade and a lot of these narcissists are these dominant in in the public view but then internally they have severe struggles of doubt within themselves and that's why they are desperately trying to I was gonna say suck off but that's probably not the proper wording but um they are desperately trying to latch on to those that are what they wish they were which are wealthy attractive um educated <clears throat> socially um just diverse you know i mean it could be anything i mean it's whatever they wish that they were but they're lacking and to me i saw that in fotis's history just dating you know i mean jen spoke about it that they met like i mean i I honestly, I didn't even look that deeply into it, but I think he was like still married when he met her and I wouldn't be surprised because look at, look at him now, you know, as we move down into this, this whole situation with, with Anne Curry, it's like he freaking had this chick wrapped around him, jogging with him around town, paying his half a million dollar bonds, like within what, a few months? But he was saying on interviews that Michelle Traconis was like the love of his life and that, you know, he believes that they'll get back together. I mean, this guy was shooting shit out of both ends. I mean, he just wanted to have somebody working in his corner to get his name cleared. He's still doing it to this day. He's got Anne still working to clear his name to this day. That's how these guys are and women it's it's men and women she hired patty cakes which i thought was so funny how patty cakes is like and I, when i say patty cakes i mean norm norm pat patis patis patty cakes whatever you want to call him he was like you know and um hired us but i don't even know why i mean that to me i i laughed literally out loud i was just waking up still had an ear plug in i think and I was like, really? That's what you're going to say now? Like, you, you, dude, you should be like, and of course she hired us to take on the severe public discrimination of my client who took his life due to the public opinion. You know, like, he was like, I don't even know why she's freaking hiring me, whatever, you know, and so it's just this whole situation is beyond me. It's very shady. It's not beyond me. I have a lot of ideas, but... I'm extremely tired. 
<laughs> to be honest. And um, I need a little downtime. And I, I had a really, really intense week, a lot of intense discussions. I have a lot of um, things that are going to be happening and, and moving. And I just this whole thing, like, the, the whole death of Fotis was, like, I, I don't even, I, I'm speechless. I, it, it was, it was, like, a kick in my face where I was just, like, wow, like, this is the death of something major in so many people's lives, and I don't know if anybody else feels that. It's, like, it's, like, a big pull of tide in our lives, um, that 2020 has had and it has affected so many of us. I mean, tons of people, listeners, have have messaged me, commented to me. Um, friends of mine have said 2020 has just been a really a, a mess. Or a lot of people will say either a mess or it's been a major shift in their lives. Where they've noticed things that need to change. It, major, major change. Big chapter changes and... Um, I will have to agree to that. I mean, it's just been eye-opening for myself and um, tiring, but also motivating and um, eye-opening and a lot of clarity. So um, with Fotis's death, I have gained a lot of clarity and a lot of, um, I guess, a pat on my own back, so to speak, to... The realization that everything that I was saying early on was correct. Um, actually, that came out really pompous. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean it to come out that way. It, it's that I just strongly, strongly believed in my gut. And I guess th the proper way to say this is it was a confirmation to my gut feeling that he was not only going to do something like this, but that he was not going to allow the state to win. And he was just waiting to see how far money was going to get him and how far his stupid plan was going to get him, which it did not get him far. And I said that from the beginning, that these people think that they got the perfect plan and it blows my mind it blows my mind in 2020 or 2019 that they think that they can just cruise around i mean and nobody's got especially law enforcement that they don't have cameras on the freeway like come on buddy or cell towers or you know it's just uh, i I don't know, but clearly he's not stable. Look what he did. He's clearly not stable. Because when it gets tough, too tough where he doesn't have the actual control or the money doesn't have the control, which is what he loves most. Remember that. He literally has a woman that is no longer Jen. He's always got a woman by him by his side that's wealthy. I don't know if you guys have put fucking two and two together here, but like he always does because in the past, that's what's gotten him out of the, the, the past situation and into the new one. And he's progressed in his mind and he was finally squared in a corner with a wealthy woman that 
this is what I really wanted to talk to you guys about. And I'm finally here with my thought. I believe that it either happened the day that he committed suicide or this was leading up to it where there was issues with his bond, whatever it may be. I This is my theory, my opinion. I believe that he told Anne or Anna, Miss Curry, and no hate to the, the, the dish, the Thai dish, which I happen to absolutely, and in, I believe Indian too, uh, Indian curry, but um, one of my favorite dishes is the green, see how I'm side noting because I'm starving and I haven't eaten dinner yet and it's so late, um, <coughs> no hate to curry because I absolutely love curry, it's like my fave, love spicy food, so I believe that at some point, Fotis told Curry, like, listen, I need your help. I need you. I need a co-signer, blah, blah, blah. That's how these things work, especially in these high, high bond situations. You need signers. You need multiple signers. And I believe that he, in desperation, told them that the homes were worth more than they were. And things started to come out that things were not as they appeared to be, which is the story of Fotis Dulos his whole life story. And I do believe at some point Anne was like, um, yeah, what the hell's going on here, buddy? And I can't give you more money. And he probably was asking for more money and they needed more cash up front, which is usually what happens if the collateral is not as solid as it's supposed to be. And she was probably like, uh, wait, what? And needed more answers or questions to be answered or rather you know what I'm trying to say and I think he literally just hit a point where he's like oh my god like in his own mind not as a rational person but as a narcissist saying like I don't want to keep answering these effing questions to these people anymore they're not going to control me anymore I'm going to end this if it means my head so be it let everybody hurt, including my children, including those that put up the, the amount of, that it would cost to buy a home. Screw them, whatever. I'm just done because I'm done answering questions. That's what he did. That's literally what he did. He's done answering questions. He was a defiant toddler on the day that he died. Or so he thought. That's what he did. He said, I'm not going to court no, no more. He flipped him the bird. He didn't show up, which is a big deal. A lot of people don't realize. That's why the police and marshals, and, and they were there. And he was like, screw you. Come and get me. And people that act that way are criminals. I'm just going to say it like it is. People that run usually are guilty. Uh, some are not, but it's very, very rare. And the way he did this, just, I mean, come on. You know, I, I, I can't help but, and I don't want to, I really, I don't want to say this, but I have to. I can't help but think about Robin Williams. When he died, it crushed me. It crushed me. It crushed friends of mine. That man was, I mean, an, I don't even want to get into being an idol to me. I mean, humor is just such a big part of my life and I just know that those that are extremely funny are often extremely um, 
struggling inside and his death really really resonated within me and it really 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 bothered me for a long time it still does and I think so much about how his family knew he was struggling how it was it was a constant struggle you know and it wasn't to me it wasn't a selfish act everybody knew that um robin was struggling and 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 struggled in a way where people tried to help and that he was finally free of it whatever it was he was free of it and you know I, i i hate to you know box these two people together and i i don't because fotis is a complete narcissist psychopath um and selfish it's just the reason why i bring it up is that fotis he he was not a a person that was calling out for help for a long time you know he was just a guy that again didn't get his way and just said screw you all i'm not even going to give an ounce of why I had, even for my children's sake, give an explanation of why I had these bags in Hartford. That's what pisses me off. And I'm not even a kid of his. Okay. If I was 18 years old and his child, his son or his daughter, and I got this letter finally, or I found it and my grandma kept it from me or or whatever my family did. And I finally got my hands on it. I'd be like this son of a bitch. That's my my honest to God opinion, because there's no reason why. And ma- you know what? Maybe we don't know if there's other letters, but I believe there there are not because of the way that he addressed this. All this is a all letter. This is a letter that you write when you're resigning from a position. Like I mean, I. I this is the truth. This is a letter that you write when you're like, you know what? I'm giving my two weeks notice. You know, love you all. It's been great. Atmosphere, whatever. I just, I mean, it's just too much for me. If, if it's going to take, you know, me leaving, so be it. Like, that's literally what this is. This is not a man where he struggled for a long time and poor him. Fuck that. This is no poor him. I refuse to allow it to be that. I refuse for this whole campaign of poor Fotis and all this bullshit that Norm Patty Cakes and freaking Anna Curry is now, you know, jumping on just because he gave her two sentences more than his own kids. Don't forget that because that's what he did in this letter. You know, she got more accolade than his own children. And remember that, please, because that's this is who he is. Those kids were just little tokens that he was hoping to cash in like he was at the casino. And he was hoping that he was going to be able to touch their trust somehow, some way. And then he realized real quick that there are ways around that. That Gloria was a smart woman. That she was married to a very smart man. That these people knew how to protect these kids. And he wasn't going to touch anything. All of this stuff started to add up. And you know what? He's a pussy. He is a big pussy. And I don't feel bad saying that. That's what he is. And he always was, no matter how tough he portrayed himself to be. 
He was just a fucking pussy that wanted that, what I just said, which I won't even say because I hate that word again. And he wanted money. He wanted money no matter what. No matter what it took, he was ruthless, relentless. In Jen's words, he was ruthless and relentless. I think she was ruthless, like, I mean, I think I counted it was like over a hundred times in the blog about him. And that's a strong word. I mean, it really, really resonated tough and deep within me when she said that every time because the way that she wrote was so soft and gentle and for her to use that word so many times you could feel the fear that she had in him um about him in any regard um and it was sad because you could see through the years of her blog that he just he escalated he always escalated things and always used his intimidation because he knew that she was more passive and she would just, you know, turn, turn a blind eye to it and just took it and took it and took it until she had enough. And she was like, nope, like, I'm not going to be the Brady Bunch. I'm not going to live in this home with Michelle Traconis and her kid and my kid. And we're not all going to live together like you want. I'm done. I'm out. And she took control of her life and he couldn't take it. So the last thing he did was write this pathetic piece of shit business-like resignation letter to us all, as he likes to put it. And Anne, good luck. Good luck in your fight to hold the flag for FOTUS because if you're, if I swear to God, if you continue down this path, sweetheart, I mean, it's only going to make you look bad. He used you. He abused you in ways that I'm not even talking about physically. I don't know. But he definitely used you in every which way he could until he saw that your money could not buy him out of jail. And he couldn't last, in his words, another hour in there. Maybe... 59 minutes but not another hour okay this guy is is this guy was a piece of work and the only thing about this that really bothers me is that he is not suffering for the rest of time but i also do believe that there is a lot of peace that has come to the farber family now where they can really start to rebuild themselves because he was this lingering nuisance and threat to their family um, constantly, you know, and, and, and no matter how secure they were. And, and I know that uh, Gloria had everything locked down, but it's just knowing that he's hovering around and all of this up in the air and, and the trial and all of that, it's, it takes so much out of a person. I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. And now she could literally tuck those kids in give them a kiss on the head and it's now a new chapter it's a chapter where they can rebuild and gain trust and learn everything 
that it takes to be a good man, a good father, all this the boys can do. I mean, I, I could just keep going with this. You know what I'm trying to say. It's a, it's a new beginning. There's no more Fotis literally lingering in the back of your neck, breathing like, ugh, you owe me a million dollars. You know, they owe me this, they owe me that. Meanwhile, you're not taking care of your kids. You're not even paying anything, you piece of shit. You know, there's none of that. It's over and done with. And now Gloria can establish people around these kids, these beautiful children to learn from, which she already has and she will continue to do so and they will learn what it's like to be truly loved and um, I think that's the best part to take from this is that like I said today in a very joking way the trash was taken out early and it truly was it truly truly was um, I think it's a day that everyone I wouldn't say is happy but they are relieved there's there's no more threat there's no more wondering really in what he's going to do of course there's the pain of not knowing where their mother is and and maybe not having that clarity but i think the best thing to do in times like this is to let go of that and say you know if it comes to me like let it go and if it comes back to me that you know the the world or god or whatever you believe in comes back and says this is where she is whatever the circumstances whether it's by michelle traconis or kent or it's by law enforcement however it it comes if it's meant to be it'll be if not maybe it's best that you don't know and i'm saying this and i i i probably even shouldn't be discussing this cuz it's something that I I can't even imagine, to be honest, to be going through. But I think to cope, you have to view it that way or you'll just go mad. But I think a big, big part of this was the the stress of Fotis. And, and it was a circus. We all know it was. It's still going on. I mean, I haven't even gotten into so much of what I know about Anne. Um, and this podcast and this episode went much longer than I anticipated and I'm happy it did because I really wanted to really dissect my thoughts and feelings about this note because I'm really sick and tired of seeing everybody write how he's proclaiming his innocence. I don't see that in there. I don't see that at all. Not one fucking bit. So um, I needed to explain the way that I look at it and the way that um, I think many people should at least give it a go and read it that way and see how you feel about it because to me this is just a joke it's it, uh, like of course he wrote this of course he did but with that said there's definitely going to come the Anne the Anne podcast and that is going to see how tired I am I'm saying podcast episode I am exhausted I need to eat something, guys. I need more hummus. I do. I got more everything hummus, and I don't want to start eating it and start coughing. I was going to do... <laughs> it's so sad that I have to say that, but that's the facts. Like, I eat hummus, and then I start coughing. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? So I want to I want to do an, a more Anne episode and kind of get into their relationship and establish kind of how 
she found her way into his life uh, more so he did in hers and all of that type of thing and they met through work and all of that but I'm, I'm thinking I may do an episode on Monday I'm going to shoot for Monday but I'm definitely going to go live on Sunday so to kind of discuss this episode and then that will lead me into kind of gauging how I'm going to do the next episode on Anne and the women in Fotis's life all of them that I know of and we'll get into that on Monday but so if you guys are still listening and have not fallen asleep <laughs> I'm kidding or gotten to work or whatever it may be I will be live on Sunday at 8 p.m Connecticut time um, and I will be live on Instagram. So if you're on Facebook, please shoot over to Instagram, make an account, just search LeashCast, L-E-E-S-H-C-A-S-T. You should know that if you're listening to this and, um, you'll find me on there, follow me, and then you will be notified. I think I'm going to, th- I think I will actually do a post and remind everybody cause I'm nice like that. <laughs> I'll do that for, for Sunday. Um, someone said I had a Connecticut accent and I just realized it instead of saying for I said fur that's one word another word someone said I gotta look back but if you guys catch anything let me know I think it's really interesting someone from Delaware told me that I have an accent a Connecticut accent which I thought was really interesting because I don't know because I was born and raised here and I don't plan on leaving so there you go so I will post on my Instagram and on Facebook the time again it's going to be Sunday at 8 p.m. to discuss this episode live with you guys Um, I love the interaction and I really would love to know what you guys think about my opinions on the suicide note and what you guys take from this um, and what your thoughts are on all of it I just I want to have the discussion so I'll see you guys live on Instagram, 8 p.m. on Sunday, Connecticut time. Look it up. And the hummus is calling my name. I love you guys. Thank you so much for following, sharing. Please share. Please follow all over Facebook, Instagram, all of your comments. I see them all eventually. If I don't see them immediately, I do see them. And I also see the email. So if you're messaging me on Facebook, I do have a automatic message that will tell you to um, email me at a direct email and I will get that. Uh, usually I'll read everything at night in the evenings. So if it's not answered immediately, please don't take it personally. It's just I have a lot going on right now and um, nothing goes unnoticed. So with that said, guys, stay well, drive safe. If you're going to bed, sweet dreams. And I will see you guys face to face 8 p.m. Sunday, Connecticut time. Until next time.